you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast. Watch them whip. Watch them nay-nay. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Mm-mm-mm. Mark's face when that money tag intro was said was priceless. You looked like something had been seriously wrong in your diet or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. I made a similar I face. Sydney <laughs> did a great job, um, I think it was last Friday, where she did a little isolated video of the reaction of the four of us when we played Ray, Ray Lewis's terrible uh, rap single or R&B signal or whatever it was. You call it great. I call it horrifying. Um, <laughs> Listen, Greg, the evidence is out there and you were into it. So, yeah. Right, but yeah. seeing it was horrifying. I thought you, you came out the best out of all of us. And it was so funny. It really was a, a split of generations because Greg and I were both enjoying ourselves dancing and Wes and Mark <laughs> were having none of it. The old men on the porch. A- another episode of Absolute Selective Memory by Dan. I was jacked up on cold medicine. I wouldn't have danced if a fire were on in this in this building. Yeah, I, this whole generation thing. Here. I was trying to hear what words were coming out of Ray Lewis's mouth. I could not Always understand a him. <laughs> that right. was also the fifth time that song had been played that day for anyone involved in this podcast. That was the first time I ever heard it, but I don't, I'm not in the cube with you guys anymore necessarily. Well, when the lights are on, Mark, you have to react as if it's the first time. This is show business. Ooh, absurd recollection. And, and by the way, <laughs> if you had taken no cold medicine, I can't imagine that you would be dancing regardless. I know. Well, I am on record saying that Ray Lewis is the most annoying human being in North America. <laughs> So I'm not – why would I have – what were you expecting? Well, I don't think anybody really liked the song. No. Well, we're just having Greg, like a little fun in the studio. just having some all. fun. Well, that was, that a- was a spontaneous eruption of fun by Greg. <laughs> uh, so, yes, that is – there is uh, – all four of us, were, you know, we're one, but we're not the same. And well, now we look ahead. Are you quoting Bono? Yes. <laughs> I am moving ahead to Tuesday – 
the edition of the Around the NFL podcast, a, a jam-packed Around the NFL podcast, uh, where we will get into the Monday night football recap uh, between the Texans and Cincinnati Bengals, who entered the game undefeated. Spoiler alert, it didn't end that way. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, we also got a lot of news to get to in the NFL. Uh, we're going to hit up the Thursday night preview, and yes, Tease this for a couple of weeks now. It will be happening at the end of today's show. We will bring back one of our favorite segments on the Around the NFL podcast. It is, what's your fancy? No, translation. ¿Cuál es tu fantasia? What do you got, Mark? Say it. What do I have? Yeah. What is the name of the segment? ¿Cuál es tu fantasia? Mm, Wes. ¿Cuál es tu fantasia? Greg. ¿Cuál es tu fantasia? Sydney. Cuál es tu fantasia? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Sound like a Spaniard there. That was good. Well, this is big. That was this for is... my best friend who served a Mormon mission in in uh, Chile. Oh, Chile! She, Chile. She, I needed to make her proud. It's Chile. Oh, see, I'm Santiago, <laughs> guacamole. Um, yes. Yeah, so we will play a little Cuál es tu fantasia uh, at the end of the show. So let's uh, let's get right to. We'll start with the Monday night football game. Yes. A game we thought the Houston Texans were going to be overmatched by the Cincinnati Bengals. But it didn't work out that way. Oh, by the way, this is not the ESPN primetime music. Shadowy League figures deem that to be not permissible on the podcast anymore. This is pretty jaunty, though. It's got a little jaunt to it. We did the best we could. So this is what we're using. Not bad. Okay, here we go. What we learned, this was the big game between the Houston Texans and the Cincinnati Bengals. A 10-6 Texans win. T.J. Yates, a certified Bengals killer, throws the touchdown late in the game um, to DeAndre Hopkins on a great catch by Hopkins. The Bengals have one last chance to go downfield. They can't get it done. They get to the red zone when A.J. Green gets stripped. Game over, Chris Wessling. So the perfect season for Cincinnati is over. They are now 8-1. and one, And the Houston Texans are in first place in the AFC South. How is this happening, Wes? Your takeaways, you wrote the What We Learned piece on NFL.com. This game, the Bengals were doomed as soon as Brian Hoyer got a concussion because T.J. Yates is a flat-out bang. He owns the <laughs> Bengals. <laughs> he, I mean, he's got property in Cincinnati. He didn't even look particularly good. I was going to say. He was willing to throw the ball up to, for grabs to, to DeAndre Hopkins instead of get, handing the ball off to Jonathan Grimes, which was turned out to be a smart move. If they played that game ten times from the moment T.J. Yates comes in, how many times do you think the Texans win? I would ten. say the Bengals win eight out of ten times. Ten. T.J. Yates I agree owns with the Bengals. Right. I agree with Someone Dan. impartial chime in on this. I, I think, I think the, the eight out of ten times to the Bengals because the end of it came down to a turnover, which was you know not how it's going to end with A.J. Green time again. It was a weird game, though. Well, I, not only does T.J. Yates own the Bengals, but Jonathan Joseph owns A.J. Green. Mm. A.J. Green has never scored in five meetings with Jonathan Joseph. Joseph has four picks. I mean, that was uh, one of those games where you play your former team in your former home that you played in that he couldn't have made the Beng- – he couldn't have buried the Bengals anymore. It was one of the better performances we've seen from a cornerback all year. The whole and game by the way, the, outstanding. The rookie cornerback on the other side, Kevin Johnson, I thought had an even better game than Jonathan Joseph. He's had other good games this year, too. He looks He's good. a good cornerback. A lot of penalties, but their defense suddenly is playing well. They played well against Zach Mettenberger, which I guess a lot of teams do, held them to six points, and then hold the Bengals to is six points. Is this another fourth team for us to have to worry about now? So they're in first place. It, it is. <laughs> 
It is outrageous how many of the Texans' best moments in franchise history were authored by T.J. Yates, who has only started five games in his career. The win in Cincinnati to clinch a playoff spot, that's a big one. The first ever win in team history, that's T.J. Yates. They've only won two, and he's got one of them. First playoff win. This one, first first playoff win. win. In which J.J. Watt, I believe, batted a ball down and took it to the house for a pick six. Right, Yates did very little, but that's that's kind of how it goes. It it was amazing to see the Bengals' offense struggle this. Uh, week. By the way, what got it? Who possessed Tyler Eifert and turned him into uh, the most stone-handed receiver, uh, tight end in football? That was a big big deal in this game. And AJ Green had a big drop in the fourth quarter. This was not obviously AJ um, Andy Dalton's best game. He did not play particularly well, but his weapons let him down in a big spot here. I think it's for for me because now it's oh can is this Bengals team going to become what we sort of thought they were revert closer to that than than what they've been for the first eight games they won they play Arizona now on Sunday night and you either go eight and in two Arizona. in Arizona which is a, absolutely the toughest game they've faced all season huge test for them and I want to see them bounce back I think they will there was a narrative it was brought up in our meeting this morning that that Dalton didn't really have that bad a game. The drops really hurt him, the whole team. And I would I would disagree with that. He was lucky that he only had one interception. It could have been three or four. That game could have ended in a lot of different ways where they dropped interceptions. I also thought he hasn't really thrown that well deep now for three straight weeks. He started out the season being the old Andy Dalton. He had a good game against Cleveland, but just kind of a, a move-the-sticks type of game. And I would say two of his worst three games are in the last few weeks. He did not have a good game against Pittsburgh either. So it's a little bit of a trend that he's not playing as well as he was early in the season. Can't you look at any quarterback in the league right now and say that there have been at least a couple games Absolutely. for every one of these yep. guys where they've struggled? And so it's the same with Andy Dalton. Not Tom Brady or Ben he, Roethlisberger. Okay, really. not, that's it. He's a figure of suspicion, though, which you get. Um, it is just funny because there is an all Andy Dalton. It's almost like maybe he's a little star-crossed in the sense that he ha- was leading them down the field at the end of the game, including, what was it, a huge uh, third and 17? Or was it fourth and 17? Third and 19. Third and 19 green. to keep the game alive. They're in the red zone, and then who lets him down? His wide receiver. Sometimes you think, is Dalton just cursed? Well, I, I think... <laughs> Cursed, Andy Dalton. Guys like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers even get criticized for for Sandlot football being a little too improvisational, for letting the play break down and then you know running around the pocket trying to create plays. Andy Dalton's the opposite. He's opposite. He's sort of a paint by numbers quarterback. He does what the play calls for, and if the play breaks down, he doesn't really have an answer for that. And Jake John Gruden, who I think is having a renaissance season, people like to. <laughs> I'm being t- dead serious. I think people like to pick on Gruden. I I don't. I think he might be the best color guy that there is right now because I learned something from him when he watches and, and when I watch the game. And I think he was nailing how Romeo Cornell was mixing up the coverages and, and to, to exactly what you were saying, confusing Dalton right on his first read, and then he didn't know what to. Well, do. they're a common opponent. The Texans have played the Bengals almost every year, and they mm-hmm. know what what Hugh Jackson and what Andy Dalton do. Well, that said, though, the Bengals came out with some of the most bizarre and multiple looks that we've seen from any team all season. Oh, well, on the opening drive, yeah. Yeah, and then it, then it all went away. 
I don't. I've always liked Gruden. Good. I don't. Th- I, I don't have see to. it as. A, I feel like anybody that does the primetime games are under a microscope, especially the uh, color guys. Even I like. I love Collinsworth. He gets killed all the time. Oh, he's great. Um, but yeah, Gruden's a boy. Well, it took Gruden like five years to actually criticize a player. Well, that's part of why I I think he's better now than he's been because I, I think agree. he's more critical than than he used Absolutely. to. Absolutely. I think part of it was he was potentially going to be a coach again at some point, and now I don't think that's happening. Life's too good. That's a good gig he's got. Work one day a week, baby. We, we got to give Charles James some love, by the way. Seven tackles in that game. Yeah, First significant action as a pro is outstanding. Um, yeah, we should also talk about what happened after the game. J.J. Watt uh, was uh, interviewed by, who was it, Lisa Salters? Yes. Yep. Who, and this is, uh, this is how that played out. Yeah, I mean, our goal was to come out here and make uh, the red rifle look like a red rider BB gun. And I think we did that. Wow. First of all. Uh, how how long did was this rehearsed uh, by JJ Watt <laughs> ahead of this game? He I I tweeted this and got I got banged by Houston fans. Whatever, he was staring in the mirror uh, with that Red Rider BB gun line. He was he was waiting to drop it and he got his opportunity. Absolutely, it was lame, it was corny, and it was just a very gentle dig. Gentle dig. This and then this is how uh, how Andy Dalton responded to the dig when asked about it uh, during his post post game presser. I'm disappointed in him to, I mean, for the integrity of this game. You know, I have a lot of respect mm. for him. Integrity. He, he play, he's a really good player. And so there's uh. a, lot of, a lot of kids and a lot of people that look up to him. Mm-hmm. And for him to make comments like that, they mean, he's just showing that, you know, he, yeah, that's acceptable to, to, to do that kind of stuff and say that kind of stuff. <laughs> Will somebody please think of the children? Calm down, Andy. That was... <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know anything else about Andy Dalton ever again. If he's going to be this thin-skinned, no wonder why he doesn't perform well under pressure. Mm. That was a very telling. I know it was a tough situation. He just lost. Yes. But he got called a Red Driver BB gun, and he acted like Greg Hardy insulted his wife or something. Here, here's the thing with some of these professional, modern professional athletes is that so many, 98% of these guys will never say anything interesting on camera or to a reporter, and then when somebody does, I'm not saying what Watt said was uh, funny or cutting or interesting, but it was different. These guys are robots. They don't even know how to react. Their wires get crossed, so he defaults to this guy's impugning upon the integrity of the league. The other thing, tracking both these guys in hard knock seasons over recent summers, is that Watt is, you know, phony is a strong word, but he's very calculated, and he's trying to present himself in a certain way, a modern-day Paul Bunyan with his sharp tongue or whatever it is. I don't know what's going on in a love of hip-hop. And then you have Andy Dalton, who's like a super, super, seems like a nice uh, Christian boy. He uh, There was a Hard Knocks clips where he was singing uh, Christian music in his locker, and he's a nice guy. You know he's not like a, a nasty person. So I think he was just taken way aback by anybody throwing shade at him in a public spot like that. He's been taking shade publicly for five seasons now. And does he have a problem with Marvin Lewis calling Johnny Manziel a midget? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's it, the Bengals throw shade at people, and Andy Dalton didn't complain about that. But I don't really have a problem with Andy Dalton getting upset over J.J. Watt, who I do think is really? relatively phony. Right. I know. All right, my problem a little bit is that it's J.J. Watt, who since the summer has struck me as, as Dan said it perfectly best, one of the more calculated that, people around. I think Dan's he's reaction. He's tiresome. I'm this tired This is where of Dan is tapping into the common man. I think you, you, <laughs> hit, you hit it on the head that when you watch that – he had a little point about 
you know, the people who didn't believe we were going to win this game. And that felt like it was rehearsed too, but it didn't come out quite right. Like you didn't nail right. that landing, whatever that joke was. It was that it. line, but the re- the Red Rider thing he got out. It was good that he practiced. I'm I waiting right. for J.J. Watt's intern to change his Twitter profile to modern-day Paul Bunyan with a love of hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. It's all accurate, though. Uh, all right, so that's the Monday night game. Uh, so it bears watching both these teams, two first-place teams in the AFC. What is happening in the NFL? Uh, Sydney, why don't we do some news now? I drink a lot of milk. Was that Watt, That was Big Ben. That was, was Roethlisberger. Ben. That's how he uh, he returned to action so quickly. I only know that was Big Ben because I read Mark's consistently incredible Tuesday Heroes wow, what a description. Thank you, Wes. Consistently incredible. That's exactly what you want. Some of the best football writing on the internet, I think. Oh, with wow. Kind. Wes, anything else? Go ahead. Keep no, going. That's, I mean, that's. I like Mark's writing. Is there, as we all do, is there a vanity URL, Mark? Not that I know of. Greg? <laughs> what is a vanity URL going to do for anyone? I don't know. <laughs> it just gives a little more legitimacy. Cachet. Okay, we'll takes, get it. Takes it to the next level. Uh, let's start a lot of news, as I said. So we're going to have to move through this uh, relatively quickly with each story, but we're going to make sure I hit all the important stuff. We'll start with what's going on in Denver. Uh, Peyton Manning will not face former uh, Broncos coach John Fox uh, when the Broncos travel to Chicago to take on the Bears this week. Uh, he has been ruled out. He has a case of plantar fasciitis. Is that how you pronounce it? Fasciitis. Yep. Fasciitis. Uh, that means Brock Os- Osweiler gets the start. Manny, of course, coming off the worst game statistically of his career, a zero passer rating. Uh, and now it is Brock Osweiler's chance to get the job. Uh, Mark Sessler, do you believe if Brock Osweiler plays well that Peyton Manning will be told to get comfortable and rest that foot mm. as much as possible? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, my feeling with Kubiak was that although it was sort of poorly constructed on how long Manning was out there, that he genuinely felt bad that Manning was not healthy. He was also taking blame for what happened. But I don't think that you you keep Manziel on or you keep Manning on the bench if if Brock Osweiler comes and just does what his job is, which is be a backup, win a game, get out of there till you're till Peyton Manning's healthy. They've got to see him melt down again before you bench the guy. But they I think there has to be a level of play from Osweiler that if he reaches that level, you keep the job. It, maybe it's a really high level based on what you're saying. He has to light it up. But if he throws for four touchdowns this week and 300 yards, and then the next week he beats the Patriots, you'd be in, it'd be insane to take him out. So I do think there's a level, if he played really well, that uh, then, yeah, I think he keeps the job. We say this almost every time there's a quarterback controversy. No matter what the head coach says, everything in the NFL is a fluid situation adjustments can be made for your philosophy based on how well the other quarterback plays. And look, plantar fasciitis ended Larry Larry Bird's career. Antonio Gates had never missed a game and finally missed when he had to deal with this injury. Missed half the season. This could cause Peyton Manning to miss the rest of the season. He might never be himself again. And I think it's not your average quarterback controversy because you've got an NFL legend. On the other hand, Kubiak owes it to his team in a Super Bowl window to play the better player. I think if he comes in and he plays one game and they say Manning is healthy after that, which it sounds like with this injury, that's a stretch. If he plays multiple games, Osweiler, and performs well, then it opens up the window for a switch. Well, there's areas of gray here because of the in- the inherent nature of the injury. I don't know if there's going to be a moment where they're like, okay, you're cured. You know, there's going to be, oh, can he manage the pain enough 
he is an older quarterback. His younger brother had the same injury or had plantar fasciitis in the 2019 season and played through it the whole time. I think it is just fasciitis. I, I think the correct. I like Dan's I like attempt you, at I like fasciitis. And Eli Manning never sat down. I mean, he played he played through it. But the difference is that Eli had a really strong arm and had other physical attributes that could maybe make up for it. Whereas Peyton Manning, this is a cascading thing where he, he doesn't have the arm to make up for, you know, planting. And there's all sorts of things. Also, going. when you're Manning's age, one one injury like this leads to further injury. Right. right. You'll start compensating. Uh, moving on, the Dallas Cowboys will finally get their starting quarterback uh, back on the field, Tony Romo is expected to start for the team on Sunday. The Cowboys have played seven games without Romo since he fractured his collarbone in week two. They have lost each of those games and yet are still just two and a half games back in the NFC East. Romo uh, got a little cute on Twitter today and uh, posted a clip from uh, the old movie Major League, the old Charlie Sheen movie. I might have to suspend the duh winning. Yeah, I, I might put that on ice for a tad. All right, let's just. Let, I'm gonna let it low because you know I'm very important. It's important to me to bring back Doe winning, but I don't want to. You know, I don't want to mess this up, so I'm gonna put it on the shelf again, Greg. I didn't know it was still <laughs> available and or what on do you any mean, shelf. Available. I mean, I, I haven't heard it said by any human other than you once a month in this studio. It's disrespectful. <laughs> it's one of the great catchphrases of all time. Anyway, so Romo, uh, yeah, posted a video of Major League. It was like a. Um, uh, clip from that movie where we're going to win the whole bleeping thing, uh, kind of a nodding thing. But also, you know, maybe in a weak division, the Cowboys can go on a run. So that's where he was coming from. To make room on the roster, they dumped Brandon Whedon, who literally two months ago, not even two months ago. Um, a month ago. Uh, no, it was about two months ago. When Jerry Jones. When Jerry Jones made the comment oh, right. uh, that. You won't see. Oh, a more gifted passer, power, accuracy, the entire aspect of it. He's a thing of beauty throwing right. a football. Exactly. Uh, then Whedon goes 0-3. They bench him. They go get Matt Castle, who's been 0-4 but played a little bit better. So they decided Castle's the better option behind Romo. Cowboys getting their house in order. Kristen Michael also uh, released on Tuesday. So that never really worked out in their backfield. It's been um, a lot of things moving, a lot of moving parts in Dallas right now. I think you really have to question the Cowboys front office when they're just going to go and release the most gifted passer in football. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I mean, what's the acumen there? Yeah. As a, it, your your Cowboys running back sandwiches are now evening out. You're getting some for <laughs> Joseph Randall's troubles, but Kristen Michael, your boy, is going to cost you some. The, pro yeah. the projection that you had just for the listeners was that Michael would lead the Cowboys in running, uh, rushing. I don't know. Did he get more than even two carries? With I him? don't know. <laughs> He's a mess. I remember that my second son, Colton, was born, and you know, hours after he was born, when it was time for everyone to try to go to sleep, I snuck out to go watch the first round of the 2012 draft, mm -hmm. knowing that the Cleveland Browns had two picks and they were going to change their franchise forever for the better. Looking back, that is one of the worst drafts of all time. Trent Richardson and Brandon Whedon. Both on the scrap heap now. If you want, the Browns can go get them back. They could have, <laughs> that would be too They could have to Justin witness. Gilbert, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, uh, and Trent Richardson all under the same roof. Mm. If they wanted. Hey, they, if they wanted. Have, they might have a franchise quarterback in Johnny so Manziel. Uh, wow. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of Johnny Manziel, the, QB index? Uh, the Browns will 
do what they they needed to do. This is a good job, Mark, by your organization here. They will start Johnny Manziel at quarterback for the rest of the season. Mike Pettin announced this on Tuesday that Manziel will be their guy, not Josh McCown. The Browns, of course, are two and eight, not going anywhere. Uh, but McCown is or Manziel's coming off a game where he played very well against the Steelers. Uh, so, and Patton said that he took a, quote, big step forward, so the decision was made, let's roll, roll with Manziel, see what we got, and it allows them to truly evaluate this uh, young passer, Mark, before they make their next, next big decision at a future draft. Well, you're right. It was the only way to go, and it probably should have come sooner than this. It's funny, I don't. you never know how any decision is being made inside that building at this point, but... It sounds like Pettin for so many months felt like if I'm going to keep my job and my coaching staff's going to keep their jobs, we've got to go with McCown because he's the better better quarterback. But it feels to me today that this is the only way for that coaching staff to really go into the offseason with some momentum is Manziel proving that he might have a spark of a franchise quarterback or someone they can lean on with some value versus nothing. Well, And what's wrong with Manziel having to prove himself, which he did, Ultimately, he gave Pettin no choice. When I watch that game, I, I think, well, there's no chance they bench him now because he played so much better in that game in terms of his decisiveness. I, I thought they were very unlucky, and it wasn't really on Manziel that they only scored nine points. I thought he had a really promising game, and that when they saw that, and, and Pettin, you could hear it on Monday before they made this announcement. He said he played his ass off. He said he showed significant progress. You know, he was very tough in that he had that terrible first play, but then ended up bouncing back. I mean, it was a really good young quarterback performance. It was only one, but at least you have one, and now you want to see if he can do a bunch. I think this is what the goal is for the Browns. Uh, if they can go 500 in the second half and Manziel can show something, I think – do you think that could save jobs? Do you think that would yes. be enough well, that's my to point. be I think that's competitive, a... win some games, and hit yes. him show progress? Yes, much more than what the plan seemed to be three weeks ago was we trust Josh McCown and we're going to try to get three or four wins with him down the stretch, which leaves you with nothing. The season meant literally nothing. You can give a bad season some meaning, and that can save jobs if the meaning comes from the quarterback position. wasn't perfect. took some bad sacks. The first that few, was not perfect. The first but... few drives were a little erratic but after that I mean I he's improved he's from game composed. to game I think uh more quarterback news Case Keenum it is Case Keenum time Chris Wessling in St. Louis he will be starting for the Rams uh, at Baltimore this week Nick Foles benched uh Foles who has been uh very bad this year and they you know he signed a big deal or a nice deal uh before the season that just that just that turned out to be a great decision a personal decision maybe not for the Rams but now he's going to be on the bench in case Keenum, who, as Wes will tell you, had some moments, some moments uh, early in his career, now gets a shot to lead a Rams team that would be legitimately good and a playoff contender if they can just get some, you know, average quarterback play. Case Keenum's not the answer, but he's a much more fun quarterback to watch because he lets it fly like you let your Case Keenum flag fly. <laughs> he'll throw it down the field. He'll take chances. He'll, he'll run around the pocket. Unlike Nick Foles, who will miss throws down the field, doesn't take too many chances. And basically now the second coaching staff in a calendar year that's decided he's not the answer. Here's the default. This is now the default coach uh, speak whenever they bench a guy at quarterback. You know, Nick just needs a break, Jeff Fisher said. Nick just needs a break right now. Nick, what does that even mean? Nick Foles was, you know, they gave up Sam Bradford for him. They did get a second-round pick back, but they gave him guaranteed money next year. 
So he is paid, I believe, a six point seven five million dollar roster bonus. He's due seven or six and a point seven five or seven point seven five next year, and that's on the books. That is a high number uh, for a guy who at best is going to be competing to start. You basically have to keep him around now to compete to start. It is an amazing thing, though, in the middle of a season where they really need to make the playoffs and show some progress under Jeff Fisher, that they're going to a guy who was undrafted, who was on their practice squad last year with the same team, that they let him go freely last year back to Houston before they, they you know, re-signed him. That's how they viewed Case Keenum last year, and yet this is a guy they still think has a better chance to help them win than Nick Foles. Do they need to show that? What? I mean, I think they go 7-9, and nine and they've got a gem with nice hair, and you just roll right into next season well, like they do every year. Less need is like the— They've always had the quarterback. Excuse. And that GM last year who said, what, Sam Bradford will never not be the quarterback of this team? Let- Jeff Fisher once said Sam Bradford can be the best quarterback in the NFL— he traded him for a guy he just benched. Right. And, you know, Les Need is the GM equivalent of what Rob Deere was in baseball in the early 90s, late 80s, where he's going to strike out like 280 times. He's going to hit 26 home runs. That would so, be a record. Some big hits, some big misses. That's the Les Need experience. So the same year that he, he adds a stud to his backfield, he bombs out at the quarterback position. Foles was fine in September. He started off the season okay, but he has been one of the very worst quarterbacks in the league. He hasn't had a decent game since week four or so, which is – a crazy amount of time. The good news for Rams fans that Jeff Fisher is right on track to go 7-9. and nine. <laughs> So Nick Foles, yes, he was traded for Sam Bradford in the offseason. And speaking of Sam Bradford, he is likely to miss the next two games with those uh, a pair of injuries suffered against the Dolphins, a concussion and a separated shoulder. Uh, the schedule does... Uh, the Eagles no favors. Uh, they have a game coming up on Sunday and then the Thanksgiving game uh, coming up right after that. So it looks like we're going to get two games of Mark Sanchez starting for the Eagles. Uh, This is all reporting from Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport. Uh, So here we go. The Sanchez. People wanted the Sanchez. Here comes the Sanchez. Second year in a row we get Sanchez on a national holiday. He killed it last year. On Thanksgiving. That's right. Butt, fingle, butt, butt fumble a couple of years before that on Thanksgiving. So he's a bit of a grab bag on Turkey Day. It's really become a tradition, unlike no any other. Sanchez, the family, the Lions. some turkey. Mm. And this, he's a guy that brings America together. Their schedule isn't terrible. I mean, the Bucks are better than people give them credit for. But you've got Tampa Bay this week, then Detroit on Thanksgiving. I mean, mm. it's not the worst situation for That's Sanchez. what's called a recipe uh, – for Sanchez to keep that job. I as Even though he made some bad decisions last week, they did move the ball, and I don't think he can – I think he can live up – I think he can match whatever Sam Bradford's been doing this year. Do we want to break the news, uh, Greg, about Thanksgiving night? What news is this? About the podcast? Well, we're going to have special video. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be an audio form, but if you really are hankering for us that much – uh, you will be able to see some NFL Now recaps from the Thanksgiving games uh, with yours truly. We should do like a, make it into a mini, mini audio show. We could. We can talk about that off <laughs> off the show, but that would have to be separate. If you let's wanted. plan out the I, show I, in I real time it. right now on the podcast. The old off the show decision. <laughs> Greg just off the show talked me, yeah. which is basically like shut the f up. We'll talk about this. I just want to have a good show for the listener. Wait, how do you know the listeners don't like, they're like, ooh, this is inside baseball. This is how the sausage, the sausage gets made. I like sausage. Okay, me too. Uh, you know what I like? I Probably. like 
the throne of sleaze dealing with issues. Although I don't like to see injuries cause that, and that's what's going on right now because Julian Edelman, the star wide receiver, the handsome, charismatic, Oh, you, you know. do like it. You, why are you even pretending you don't like injuries to be a problem for them? You totally like it. I don't like anybody getting hurt. <laughs> Please. Anyway, Lee on your face right now as you're talking about Julian Edelman. He had a, a screw inserted in his foot, so he is out six to eight weeks. And if you do the math, Greg, because we are entering week 10 it's week 10. He's out six to eight weeks. That puts him out. We're entering so, week 11. Yeah. Your mathematician guy needs a week 11 a raise. You're my mathematician guy. I blew it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Greg asking for a self raise January. Uh, <laughs> he'll be back uh, with this foot injury. So no Dion Lewis, who is their best uh, passing game option out of the backfield. Now you lose uh, your number one wide receiver, Greg. Uh, I think we talked about this a little bit on Sunday, but this is now a significant issue. I know D- Danny Amendola, Wes, is one of your favorites. Perhaps he could step in, and he was targeted a lot on Sunday. Uh, but this is a real challenge for the old Belichick. It's not just that, that you're losing Edelman and Lewis. You're losing the ability to run three wide receiver sets. I touched on this in Next Gen, notebooks, Next Gen Stats Notebook this mm, week. Nice plug. After Edelman's injury in the first quarter, the Patriots ran just four of 26 plays in the second and third quarter out of three wide receiver sets. It wasn't until they had to go into comeback mode that Bill Belichick finally said, I guess I have to trust Aaron Dobson. They don't want to use Aaron Dobson. Right, they don't want to use Dobson. It's hoping that Scott Chandler can step up James White. You're now getting to the guys that you don't believe can really now you're be go- part of a great offense. Yeah, you're Big going point. from an offense that has scored in every single quarter outside of the first quarter of the season to one that's going to be it's going to be a run-heavier offense with fewer options in it. It's funny because they could have signed Wes Welker if this happened a week earlier. Now they can just sign Chris Matthews. He can come in and have four 100-yard <laughs> games. But I've, Brady, I've heard a lot of that. I don't think no, they no. would have signed Welker under any scenario. That's just my reason. Well, that's fine. But Brady, and I, I believe him on this one, he, he argued the fact where everyone says you just, they'll just plug someone in and he'll be great, that he did say what you just said, that this absolutely limits what we do on offense. And two weeks in a row, you've lost major contributors. Well, you could no. see it against the Giants. They had a great first quarter. The second Edelman went down. They struggled the rest of the game. The part of me that's a throne of ease type of reaction uh, to this news is is thinking, well, if you get him back for the playoffs, that's all that really matters for the Patriots. And Edelman, of all people, has such a great chemistry and history with Brady. If he, if he really came back fairly yeah. healthy, you yeah. still get him for the game that matters. You're right. It actually all works out perfectly for you, actually. He'll come dance onto the field in the AFC Divisional yeah. Playoffs. They'll be 166 like, yards <laughs> off 10 catches. It's like, hey, Sully, it's like the David Ortiz game. I don't know. <laughs> Just like, you know, some Boston folk hero stuff, you know. Oh, there's Edelman. He's a wicked pisser. <laughs> That's what he says. Dan, showing no respect for the city that educated him. I just need to when, say this, upon by the time. Way. I need to say this. Uh, <laughs> just to get off a quick tangent, uh, David Ortiz, I believe, is announcing his retirement after this season. Really? All you Red Sox. I didn't even know that. Come on, Greg. Come on. Be better than that. You're a Red Sox fan. Well, I don't All the Red Sox fans enough. that went nuts on Derek Jeter for a year getting gifts uh, oh. during his retirement tour, Big Poppy is going to do the same thing. So I don't want to hear you being like, oh, this is so cool that he got a harp from the San Diego Padres <laughs> when you were killing Jeter for the same thing. Wait, you're saying that, you know, fans 
could not be consistent with who they hate and like. That's I just crazy. Wanna, I just I just want to be the first I one. You heard it here first. I'm going to call you on your BS. Boston I like that fans. he's getting a harp. <laughs> yeah, that's great. There was weird stuff given to it was actually the Mariano Rivera and Jeter uh, uh, retirement laps where they ran out of things to give him. So like he would go to L.A. and they would give him fishing rods. Or he, or he would get, like, an ice sculpture. And it was like, what am it's I going like to do? Quickly handed to an intern and shuffled to, like, a back room. He'll never see it again. I mean, since you brought it up, though, the, yeah. the difference is Big Poppy is retiring while he's still hitting 35 home runs a year. Derek Jeter's walking around with a piano on his back, barely uh, wow. able to play. Well, you know, synthetic drugs will do that. Wow. Whatever gets it done. You know? Have you ever looked into the history of this final tour thing? Dr. J is the first one I remember. Really? Yeah. That's a that's good. I like to see a history. There is none of that in the NFL, though. Really. Well, Although I remember Ozzy Newsom when he left his final season in Cleveland because he made so many consecutive games right. in a row that at one point there was a game where someone it was an opposing team and handed him a giant portrait of him. <laughs> made up a handcrafted painted portrait of him and half you wouldn't see that at all today. The first one I remember being annoyed by was Kareem. This shows my age. Is Kareem, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. That one seemed to go forever. Yeah. And you would get like pianos. Kareem deserved like, it though. He right? No, he deserved like it, but I was just years. like, okay. It's an 82-game season. It's a mess. Uh, but, yes, to go back to the throne of ease, everything's going to be fine is what you're saying. Thanks, I'm sure. I'm sure it will be. Good for you. Moving forward, it is not a good situation for Rob Ryan, who is now unemployed. The uh, New Orleans Saints, fresh off a waxing by the Redskins in a 47-14 blowout loss last week, um, decided to dismiss their defensive coordinator. Uh, coordinator. So Rob Ryan out of work. Uh, Dennis Allen, who was a senior defensive assistant on the staff prior to this announcement, is now the defensive coordinator. Uh, Sean Payton, who I feel like he likes to play games with the media because this leaked out early Monday and he made a point in his press conference to say that nothing was going to happen, like, you know, that his staff was intact, that maybe. I wish you weren't a liar. Thank you. <laughs> the GM, uh, Mickey Loomis, maybe would take a look at the staff, but he, he had no changes on the horizon. And then three hours later, Rob Ryan out of a job. Good job, Sean Payton. I think we finally have our answer to the question, what does Rob Ryan have to do to get fired? Make Kirk Cousins look like Johnny United. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a stat out there that he became, or this, they became the first team to ever allow three consecutive quarterbacks to pass for over 300 yards and four touchdowns without an interception. <laughs> like the, one of the more gruesome stats you'll ever hear uh, um, landed against the defense. We wrote a making the leap piece on Rob Ryan when? season before okay. he actually had a good year with the Saints, and then the wheels completely fell off. But looking at every one of his defenses when he's been the coordinator, outside of one or two seasons, they have been a disaster consistently. Right, just ranking like- in the low twenty, high twenties of, of of being the worst in terms of yardage and points given up year after year. Sean Payton's a tough guy to work for, though he hasn't gotten along with his coordinators. Every single one of them: Spagnolo, Greg Williams. Gary Gibbs, people probably forget he ever did. existed. Uh, they've all struggled. Peyton, I, I believe, is the one picking the players, which aren't very good. Mickey Loomis has the GM title. They have a scouting department. Mickey Loomis is running two major businesses, including an NBA team. I don't think he's going out there on the road beating the bushes. So Sean Peyton deserves the you, most for this. I will say you can't say Peyton was impatient with Rob Ryan. They could have easily canned him after last year when they were wretched. But how many head coaches are bickering with their coordinators on the sidelines on a regular basis? So so instead Bill he Parcells hired... Parcells used to do stuff like well, that all the time. It's happened with though. Ryan's before. We right. know that. But that's, you could say that's his fault then. Why why bring in a replacement in Dennis Allen who was on the Saints staff 
I believe for four or five years uh, last decade, have him sitting there waiting so that he can replace him. Maybe just, you know, make the change, make mm. a decision. It's fair. Uh, Saints fans love Rob Ryan. I know we want to move yeah. on. Quickly. Saints fans love Rob Ryan. Je- Jeff Duncan did a tweet about it, basically. Like, no coach is connected with the city more more than that and showed this, like, candle that was being sold called St. Ryan. And it was, you know, it was like in the French Quarter that they're selling the St. Ryan candles. <laughs> he goes out boozing with the fans. <laughs> yeah, right, of exactly. They like. well, the year when they were good. That. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah, plenty of time to do that. The year when they were good on defense with yeah. Ryan, that was a lot of fun because he was popping up over and over again, buying entire bars uh, filled Great. with people, like rounds of shots and enjoying the life. I think it might be good for Rob to get out of there. And Rex, by the way, of course, was asked about it on Tuesday and said he did not rule out the idea of some type of uh, brother – Brotherly reunion mm. on his own staff. That, that should turn the bills around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the New York Giants will not have Victor Cruz this season. Uh, he is undergoing season ending calf surgery. So that torn patellar uh, tendon suffered last fall. Uh, they are saying it's not connected, but obviously there's something going on with his lower body. And that was a catastrophic injury last year. No Cruz. So we will not get to see the ODB Cruz mashup this season. More Loch Ness Monster news from the Giants. Yes. And finally, the NFL uh, has acknowledged an officiating error that cost the Ravens a game on Sunday. The final play against the Jaguars, the one that led to a face mask penalty um, and the opportunity to kick a long field goal, which Jacksonville converted. Should have never happened because Luke Jokel had not gotten set at the line that should have been a false start and a 10-second runoff. No timeouts for the Jaguars means the game should have ended because of that 10-second runoff. The NFL blew it, unfortunately, and uh, I'm sure the Ravens aren't very thrilled that that happened. Not a banner year for NFL officiating, and I think they need to go back to the drawing board on the rules. A lot of on what rules? Well, starting with the catch rule, which is the worst rule in the history of sports. I think this should be able to be reviewed, too. If you can say after the game that a call like this changes the game, and if, for all the bad calls this year, this is the only one we know for certain directly changed the win and loss in the standings, That you, they should be able to review that if they're able to say it the next day. What, a couple days later? No, they should be able to review it that at the moment. Yeah. Why, why are they not able to get it right? It's, it's weird, the breakdown and what can be reviewed and what can't. Like, the safety that the Cardinals should have had, you can't review the fact that Russell Wilson didn't make the ball back to the line of scrimmage. Right. Which is odd. Of course it should be reviewed. Yeah, I mean, do you think that down the road this should be handled differently? Should this be a Ravens victory? Not, or if, is it, it, not if it's no, like 24 I think they hours need to re- I think they need to review all plays at the time then. If, if it's something that's so obvious in terms of a pre-snap penalty, like why can't that be reviewed? But why what can't why can't a spotter upstairs say, "No, I want to take a look. I think there were maybe was movement." Because if that was someone's job, that that's all they're doing from upstairs is is officiating reviews. I think they would have been able to spot that. What if this happens in the AFC Championship game, right? And the wrong team goes to the Super Bowl. There is going to be an absolute international that's, meltdown. Right. That's true. If this game, game was bigger, this story would be way bigger. Right. This All is- it does is keep the Jaguars AFC South hopes alive for which no one cares about. But it, it, if it was a bigger game, it'd be huge. You know who cares about the Jaguars uh, still being alive for playoff contention? NFL Network does, because let's talk about Thursday Night Football. That's what's happening in the news, by the way. 
the Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars face off the first game of week 11, as Greg corrected me. Very astute by Greg, uh, my mathematician double checker. Uh, <laughs> although that's not really math. Well, but neither is the other quality control thing that I quality do. control. Yes. You're like the guy in the sideline that Herm Edwards telling you how many people. teams are on a buy is not really math either. But well, it's a number it includes numbers. Yes. Content <laughs> provider. So this is a, this is a game you would think about between a two and seven Tennessee team and a three and six Jaguars team that would mean nothing and not worth watching. But. They're both in the AFC South where, yes, the Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts are tied at four and five. So it amounts to uh, really a loser goes home match uh, for at least Tennessee who can't go two and eight. Uh, But Jacksonville can be right in the mix near the top of the division with the win. Mark, your thoughts. I find it not too many thoughts, though. No, I mean, the league got lucky that you've got two very interesting quarterbacks to watch. That's the centerpiece of this game, because for the second year in a row, you put a Jaguars Titans tilt on very late in the year. Very dubious. But this is interesting because you got to get each team a national game. That's the new rule. Yeah, but you could have done this in week three. Point is, this game is still interesting because of the quarterbacks and because of the fact that both teams are alive in the worst division in football. Rosenthal pulls back the curtain in a big spot. (laughs) Well, plus they don't want to stick to pull back even more. They don't want to stick these teams on CBS. Right, you know, not to that may so, have more to do with it. Uh, I love watching Blake Bortles each week, but he's got to play better. He's not played well over the last month. This breakout season that he had, that he's having, is better statistically than it really is. Last week, he could have had some. He could have had more. Uh, turnovers over the last week that have been dropped by the other team. I mean, even the play before the final. Uh, face mask that they won the game on. He just threw it up for grabs, and the Ravens dropped it. More turnovers than Betty Crocker. That's what you were looking for. <laughs> Thanks. I uh, I want to echo Mark on this. Let him develop. Let him develop. I mean, he had an awful rookie season. He's made huge strides this yeah, year. Yeah, that's fair. You're right. He's not helping his team win, but he's making huge strides. He's a much better quarterback than he. He's moving the offense. That that's fair. And he he's I think has more wow plays per game than. Maybe any quarterback in the NFL right now. Well, I also, really believe that in terms of just spins away where the, and he run, throws it down the field and his running ability and his, he has got a huge arm and he goes for tough passes. He is about as flashy as it gets. That's why I, I find him more fun to watch than Mariota, who's more of a consistent sort of paint by numbers. Well, you're right, because Bortles is third in the league and passes of 20 plus yards. I mean, he's not afraid to fire it downfield. And you're absolutely right, Wes. Like, let's. Give these guys time. Him and Mariota may be on a different track in terms of their development. We're seeing things from Mariota that Bortles does not do. But three or four years from now, this division will be completely different because of these two players. All right, let's go around uh, the table and pick this game. Mark, I'll start with you. Score and winner. Uh, where is this game being played? Jacksonville. I'm going to go Jaguars Ball. in a very, very tight game, 20-19. to 19. Mm. Wes? I'm going to go Jaguars 27 Titans, 20. All right. Listen, nobody goes into Everbank Field and comes out alive in prime time. So I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars as well, 24-17. I'm picking the Jaguars because that's what I want to happen. I want them to only be one half game back of the first place team. They only play one winning team the whole rest of the season, and that's the Falcons. It's a pretty bad winning team, so maybe the Jaguars can get on a run. Titans got some short shrift in this in this preview but it's their own fault. You got to stop playing Harry Douglas, Antonio Andrews, and Anthony Fasano as Mariota's first three targets. 
And I perhaps had a good team. Should have been more clear about when going around the table. I didn't think that you were going to pick Greg because you know. Well, it's weird you picks. say that. You seem to have a problem uh, with the fact that I picked last week's game. I think it came up, and I've done it every single week. So it took you ten weeks to notice. I have a little <laughs> problem with the host of the show <laughs> not being tuned in to what's been going on. Where is that burlap sack right now? Is it still we'll behind my it. monitor? We'll find it. All right, all right. So. That's it for the Thursday Night Preview. Give us a good show, AFC South. We beg of you. And now we move on to uh, a segment uh, we uh, like to call Gualas tu Fantasia. And essentially what this is is that we go around the table and um, all four of us go around the table and we present a scenario and then we give... Uh, the rest of the, the group, an opportunity to react. What would they do in that situation? That Those are the basic uh, rules uh, or uh, general explanation of what is Qualas tu fantasia, which uh, loosely translates to what's your fancy? So, Mark, let's get going. Okay, this, has, this doesn't have to do at all with football, correct? <laughs> when, I mean, you could, when you do it, it, it tends not to. Do you want to save your non-football one, or are they yeah, go both, for it? Right? I or are they two all non-football ones? <laughs> Scenario one with the music. This could be going anywhere. From now until the end, you and your family want for nothing. You all enjoy excellent health, vibrant <laughs> friendships, endless money, and no need to work a day job unless you want to. You can travel the world at will with the requisite peace, quiet, and time to accomplish a laundry list of personal goals from now until old age when you pass away peacefully with many friends and family at your side. (laughs) This is Mark's dream. One caveat. At 11.06 p.m. of every night, a small elven-like figure with black eyes appears by your side to take a 3 by 3 millimeter chunk of flesh out of your body with his razor-like teeth. (laughs) What the heck? Or, what? <laughs> scenario two, you live for the next five years as a lauded international superstar who brings peace to the world, but every day is a quiet torment because you have a 45-inch parasite inside of you slowly eating your innards, leading to your death on a November 17, 2020 flight to Moscow. Um, this really does speak to perhaps... Up where you are in life right now, Mark. There is a lot of it's, darkness in this. Can one survive? I just made these up. <laughs> but it's it's showing your inner inner Sessler, your id. Can one survive <laughs> so. with uh, a three by three millimeter chunk of flesh being taken out of well, one's body every day, every night? Well, That's what I was here's doing. the thing: I picked the location, so it's different each time. Well, my heel. Parts of your but body. what's a mi- a three by- millimeter is nothing, right? It's very small. But I'd every like to- day. I'm still, to me, it's... I'm taking the elven creature. Yeah, it's clear. The elven creature, millimeters, they're small. The second option sounds terrible. I wouldn't (laughs) even really want to be a superhero. Plus, you know it's got a... Not only can you not enjoy being the superhero because you have the thing inside your body, you're going to die in five years. So all of it... bring peace to the world. But only for five years, because once you're dead, that everything can revert back. That's that's true. I didn't know you bring peace to the world. Well, that's a big... The whole thing... I would assume it's so lasting no, like, peace no for a ISIS long time. So no ISIS and everyone's getting along. Oh, well, that's different. You'd, you give the world a reset button, but you'd be gone because of this massive Here's the thing. worm inside of you. you. Keep, this is very similar. You often have these. One is 
one is riches and, and ease, and then the other is like saving the world. And then dying. There's always death involved as well. <laughs> well, they're really well, there both. will be in any scenario. Well, we're all going to die. That's true. Uh, my This is going to seem cynical about the world, but number two doesn't work as an option for me because I think we would uh, regress as humanity after I was gone, essentially, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of this character. Uh, I don't like to be get a goblin to be biting into my flesh every night, but I'm going to go with that. That's fair. I'm yeah, going I... with choice A, and uh, I'll save my reasoning for the theology podcast. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think ch- choice A. Plus, that I'm, for a teaser. I, I'm kind of a night person, so like the 1106 thing doesn't bother me. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, all right, Wes, you're up. I'll good try start, to, Mark. I'll have one to do with football here. Okay, good. You're the head coach. You can talk yourself into suddenly fixed coach killer Jay Cutler as your franchi- franchise quarterback. Devoting $20 million a year and compromising the rest of your roster in NFL How purgatory. Much? $20 million a year, whatever he gets paid a year. Okay. But you're in NFL purgatory because Jay Cutler's, well, you're going to talk yourself into it. Or sign Kirk Cousins in 2016 and hope for a Ryan Fitzpatrick-like patch for a contender while you draft a future quarterback. Oh, that is easy for me. Because I like, like you, Wes, I like Kirk Cousins more than some others and I think Kirk Cousins is a more attractive target than Kurt, than than uh, Cutler on the free agent well, the, market. The timing. The I'd rather have Kirk crazy. Cousins at the same salary. The timing of too. the Kirk Cousins after uh, his best game it makes him look more attractive. But from a more big picture, he hasn't been uh, very dynamic this season He's at all. Fourth in the NFL in completion percentage. He's a higher QBR than Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. He, and that's without Deshaun Jackson and with a beat up offense. And line. the point you make is that you still can keep an eye towards the future for another quarterback. Absolutely. I I think you can do that with Cutler. I don't accept that you. Have have to I am as a GM and a coach I'll pay Cutler the money and I'll still draft a quarterback high because that's just how I'm going to roll you need a no, quarterback the, the key to this the key you to this can't, is you can't change my my mental <laughs> process the key this. to this is you're the head coach which you know you will Jay Cutler will get you fired exactly well I'm not accepting that if, oh, you, if okay. you're if you're saying he gets you fired it's not really even an option you're just you got to include it. that in the quality yeah that. you're using it as a point any coach should know that yeah. Right, I thought you. I thought you were more wise than that. I uh, first of all, Jay Cutler's not getting anybody fired this year. By the way, yeah. Can we talk getting, about the present? He's, he's getting someone hired. Fired. Second of all, right. And in 2013, he wasn't getting Tressman fired. It took a year. Kirk Cousins, if he continues at this rate, the Redskins fans are convinced he's going to get 15 million dollars a year because the Redskins are suckers. And so it's really not that big of a difference, anyways. I think they're both bridge quarterbacks. I'd give Cutler the extra money. I'm with Greg. Crazy talk. Moving to our next adventure. (laughs) You are Aaron Rodgers. You have gone from the recognized greatest quarterback alive to the focus of widespread national scrutiny as the Packers offense has stumbled during an embarrassing losing streak. One day, a small creature approaches you. Maybe a goblin, (laughs) a diminutive wizard, perhaps a magical gnome. It presents you with an option. He can instantly heal Jordy Nelson's ACL and allow the Packers to access a little known league loophole that restores Nelson to the active roster effective immediately. The wizard suggests, but does not promise that Nelson's return will spark a Super Bowl run for the ages in return for this good fortune. The wizard says that Olivia Munn, Rogers, girlfriend will be blackballed from Hollywood and never work again. No explanation will ever be given a truly crushing blow to a good woman. Only you, Aaron Rodgers, would know why and why this secret will never get out. What do you do? Or should I say, 
Qual is tu fantasia? Well, this one's easy. You get Jordy Nelson. Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Hollywood so great? She can still act on Broadway. If she really loves acting. She no, can... she's blackballed from acting. No, you said Hollywood. Blackballed from Hollywood. All right. She can still act. If, do you want to bang me on a loophole here? I'm she saying she's blackballed. She'll never act in the again. NFL. I, the, the way you worded the loophole. question, it was more about her superstardom and image. I right. think she, as a person, might be more whole by acting on Broadway or at her so local you're, theater. You're deciding for her yeah, what her ambitions should th- be. I'm deciding because I'm Aaron Rodgers and I get to make the choice. Once I again, want Jordy Nelson. You know, once and if again, this woman is worth, if she's worth what I think he is, what I think she is, she's going to be okay with not being some. Hollywood superstar. That's nonsense. She. That's her career. That's what she finds. That's her version of playing football. This is that's right up she, your alley, too, She Greg. finds fulfillment. Once again, another man in this room is Thank telling you. another woman how to think. I Thank mean, you. That's, that's you know what, Greg? Thank you. That's what Wes, you're doing here. You're, you're putting Aaron Rodgers ahead of Olivia Munn as a person. No, I would think that if I was dating someone and it was just about the Hollywood of it, I mean, if she's into acting, she'd be okay with Broadway. Well, of course. She, well, the Broadway thing... He, she said she's not acting. She's anymore. not acting. She's out of the acting game. She can't get a job. I'm still going with Jordy Nelson. <laughs> I would not because it's one season. And there is no loophole that would allow Jordy Nelson back well, in. But let's say there, there was. There still, was. I don't there think is. it works in any situation where you're a human being and you pull the lever to essentially alter or completely leverage someone else's lifestyle, career, anything, and then just – have that be on your conscience? I couldn't live with it. Exactly. It's easy. You go with keeping Munn in business because you're Aaron Rodgers and you believe you can still take this team to the Super Bowl without Jordy Nelson because you're the best quarterback in the league. Or next You season. got that sort of confidence. Wes, you don't need, have you come you around with this Jordy. logic? No. You still believe. Olivia Munn. No, I think good. if she was worth. Selling jewelry at the convention center. If she was worth being with me, she wouldn't care that much about her image. It's about well, it's her me. career, though. It's her career. Why would no, she not someone care told me about I that? couldn't write about football anymore. I'd have to write about garbage trucks. Trucks, I'd be fine with that. Okay, still writing. You're whatever. now on the garbage truck beat right, whatever. for around the NFL. My son watches garbage, garbage truck, truck doesn't have a weird catch rule. He's not alone. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it, Greg. All right, uh, let's get going. You have a brother who's dying. Oh, that happens though. He's gonna die. He has a rare disease that his emotional stability is connected to his physical uh, health. Okay. And almost all of his emotions are tied to the fortunes of his favorite NFL team. But you have a chance to just erase his memory of who his favorite team is. So his health, his life, and his fortunes are tied to whichever team that you choose for him for the rest of the year. But you only have two options, weirdly. I don't know why. Who knows why? You only have two options. And those two teams are the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals. Whichever one makes it further in the playoffs is going to give him a better wow. chance to live. Wow. Qual es tu fantasia? I would say it would never be too soon, Greg, to say goodbye to your brother. <laughs> in this scenario. What does that even mean? Because the, the poor kid's banged either way. No. Uh, I'm saying... It, look, medical science, it's, it's a crazy world. You're looking for the best chance to ki- keep him alive. And if you choose the team that goes further in the playoffs, that's really going to help his chance, probably going to okay. keep his, him alive. If you make the wrong choice, then you're playing with fire. Whew. Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm surprised we all agree, but I feel like the 
Broncos are in a really tough spot without a quarterback potentially. Without a running game, without an offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never believed it. Historic defense, great defense. Bengals yeah, are winning the playoff. It's a quarterback game. league. It's a quarterback. Thought league. about going with the Panthers as well. Not backing any team without a quarterback. What if they both go down in the AFC divisional round? Is it what game happened earlier? Kid croaks. <laughs> Right. Look, I mean, I, I'm just putting a lot of pressure. That's why you got to make the ultimate I'm, choice, and you are. You're, you're I'm the willing to give up West of us to save your brother. Oh, it's kind. It's not my brother. It's your brother. Oh, that almost makes brother. up for what you did to Olivia Munn, Wes. <laughs> what? She's still alive. She's still fine. It's your brother. Part of her is you have to dead, choose. Though. And, and the the tricky thing for Wes is he actually has to choose which brother. Hey, Olivia oh, Munn. Wow. I, Olivia Munn. I wanted to play shortstop for the Reds. It didn't happen. Deal with it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't feel that badly for her. I know. It's not the end of the world. There are people dying because you wouldn't choose world peace. Listen, that <laughs> is fair. That is that is so unfair to throw that in my that face. That is extremely fair. I thought that out. All right. Go ahead, Mark. One okay. more time around the horn. All right. Scenario one. You oh, are frozen cryogenically and return to consciousness in the year 2222 in your current state. You haven't aged a day. And all your family and friends are long gone. Oh. But you are given proof that the people close to you live joyous lives and remembered you until the end. And now you fend for yourself in 2222. Or. <laughs> Wait. Wait, what's the upshot of that? All right, go ahead. Well, at NFL Honors, or at NFL Honors, you are kidnapped off the red carpet by ISIS. Taken along with Kate Winslet. The two of you will remain in their grips for the rest of your life working as data entry specialists in a war-torn mountain compound. You will never speak to anyone you know again. So oh, I'm definitely taking the time travel into the future one where people I know and love are happy. But they're all dead, right? Didn't you say they were long gone? Well, it's 2222. That's 200 oh, 20, years I thought you said now. 2022. No, yeah, it's but they've lived years joy- years. Either way, I don't get to see my family and friends ever again. Right. Are you suggesting, though, that the relationship with Winslet could turn out to be more than just friends? That's up to you. I'm not in charge of that. Okay. I could come back in 22-22 and have a future better Kate Winslet. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the first option. But if I'm living on a mountain compound of some kind doing uh, office work with Kate Winslet, I don't have any access to my friends or family either, right? Right. That's that's No, I said you will never speak to anyone you know ever again. So there's they're on there's some no level upside. dead that way too. So well, either both these Mark, scenarios, all my family and friends are dead. And you have to deal with ISIS in the, the only one. problem is yeah. that you know, you you're twenty two, twenty two. Who knows what's happening? You could be I'll either. roll the dice there. Yeah. You could actually live to one hundred and eighty by twenty. You're counting on us to bank on this small upside of a uh romantic relationship with Kate Wins. <laughs> that's the only thing that's even Well, you probably be, have a better that. shot than anyone else around her. I think it, yeah, I think that's safe to say. Maybe if you would have made it like Milana Weintraub or, or someone different. I don't know, Winslet doesn't really All right, well. shake the peaches off my tree, you know? To each his own. Wes, <laughs> you're up. You can keep plugging away, grinding through the end of the regular season, January coaching change season, <laughs> the Super Bowl, as you do every year. Basically, you're going to keep doing your job like you do every year. Or... Much like Rob Ryan, your season is over. You're not fired, but your season is over. You can fade into a pristine forest land for the next three months and return at the combine with this jumbo-sized caveat. You have to write every making the leap 
every roster reset <laughs> and every projected starters assignment with the other three people in this studio take the entirety of May, June, and July off for vacation. <laughs> I like this one. This one is directed at one person in this room. <laughs> it's written like one person in this room, too. Um, Mark, we'll give this one to you first. Go ahead. It's attractive. <laughs> it's real attractive. But I think I what would stress me out. Well, what would stress me out, though, is probably over the, the dwindling months between now and the count combine as each week chips oh, away. Oh, that would be tough. You realize that what's next is a disaster. <laughs> and so I would stay with the steady flow of work, among others, over the very attractive scenario of a three-month well, vacation. Well, first time you've ever turned down a pristine forest land. Right. That, the well. forest land is what ruins it for me. I think I would that, that take... That does nothing for No, me. You, you can have your own version That's of your version of it. My yeah. version is, yeah, my couch. Yeah. Uh, you know, go to the beach a little bit. Uh, I that, If that's the case... Now, you said the other these three guys... You know, the three people in this room are on vacation uh, for three months. But do I have Connor and Kevin yes. helping me with news? <laughs> yeah. That's a big factor. You have Connor and Kevin helping you with your news, but you have to write every okay. one of these features. I will take the vacation. You're going you're gonna to take the rest of the season off. If there's no social problem with that. Essentially, in this scenario, everyone is totally cool with that. There's no right, downside. Right. To Everyone's it. on board. Then, yes. We can, arrange, I, we can arrange this with Shadow League figures tomorrow. I would take – I would take the time off would be great. I would work on this during the time off. Uh, I'd be at my own pace or whatever, and I, I think I could bang those out fairly. It would be okay. If, if I may, Wes, can I add one minor caveat? <laughs> you would have to go to Handsome Hank's 9.30 a.m. meeting. <laughs> oh, that ruins it. <laughs> Just once, that ruins it. One thing about making the leap, like I could write them all now because my accuracy rate would be as accurate as they are when we sit there in the summer thinking we know who Christine Michael is. You never answered it, Dan. Oh, um, I would work. I would not take the vacation because I think I would be staring at the calendar uh, knowing that this break was ending and I was going to get would, banged hard. Yeah, that like, would worry me. Maybe I would do like one a day. While I was on my break. I just really wanted to take the entirety of then the you're not really July on July off while one of you guys does everything. All right, two more. Here we go. You are NFL rules czar Dean Blandino. Oh, no. No, I didn't really have one. I wanted to come up with one for him, but I, I couldn't come up with one. I just wanted to say that. Here we go. You are Patriots owner Robert Kraft. One day next March, Tom Brady walks into your office and, re and reveals to you that he does indeed plan to play until age 47. He confides that through sports science, healthy eating, and, quote, secret Giselle-related reasons, close quote, he can guarantee he will play in an all-pro level for the balance of his incredible career. But there's one catch. Brady demands that Kraft rename the Patriots the New England Tom Brady's. Furthermore, the pa Brady demands that Gillette Stadium be, rena be renamed. Man, Tom Brady is just too perfect. Am I right? Stadium. Kraft or his successor can reverse the changes after Brady's career is through. Call us to Fantasia. Well, what's the other option? Wait. Keeping keeping the name of the team oh, the right, same. Right, yeah. right. I, I would do it. As long as I can change it. You would it become back. a laughing stock of the league and, and laughing your stock on my way to ten Lombardi trophies. I think the New England Tom Brady sounds like a terrific idea. It doesn't even sound like a downside. How I'd are the be Patriots? in favor of it. Wait, does he play do we is there genuine proof that he'd play at this level for that entire time? He promises it. That he's perfected the art of I'm taking a second. professional athleticism. He'd be seen thirty years from now, fifty years from now as an absolute revolution. We've got the Cleveland Browns. 
I mean, Cle- uh, I didn't see Paul Brown back there against the pass rush throwing for you That's know, talking about. touchdowns. I, I'm down with the New England Brady's. Let's do it tomorrow. Who cares if people are making fun of your name change when you've already had to go through Deflategate? So you guys okay That's with nothing. Man, Tom Brady's just too perfect. Am I right? He Stadium? is too perfect. Sure. <laughs> There's like 12 stadiums that have worse names already. <laughs> Here's why um, I don't think you would do it as Bob Kraft. That's true. I think I said one earlier, Everbank Field. Um I think the owners have egos, and they would not be comfortable with the player getting that much glory. His stadium. Right, but you said I'm Robert Kraft. Right. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Right. All right. So we're all okay with it. Oh, it sounds fantastic. All right, Greg, finish us off. More Tom Brady, please. All right. The addition of multiple Los Angeles organizations to the NFL has thrown Roger Goodell in, in the league for a loop. They're going to let the entire league redraft in the offseason just to mix it up. Capitalize on fate fantasy football. It's tied into DraftKings as well. You have five-year contracts in this new league. They're starting over. At the end of those contracts, no matter what, the people become free agents again. You're probably going to lose that player. You have the seventh pick in the draft. Here's who's available when you pick at quarterback, the best quarterbacks on the board. Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton. Who do you take? You just get him for five years only. Ah, let's throw Phillip Rivers in there, too. He's available. That's who I meant to say. Five years only, starting next season, you get one of those quarterbacks. Someone took Marcus Mariota already. He's off the board. Wow. These are your That's best options. Move. That's a bold move. These are your best options. I don't know what pick it is. These I'll are go, your best options. I'll go first this time. I think... I would take Cam Newton. I know he's a little bit older than these other guys, but he still will be in his prime during those five years. And then I would be the GM that finally, finally put some real gifted playmakers around him. Bang, we're winning some Lombardies. He's the face of your franchise. You know, I know you had a problem with Bannergate. All, all of that come, comes to. <laughs> yes, and that shows that despite some issues uh, with Cam Newton and his antics, his play carries above all. And he is a great marketable player. I will not deny that. That's a big part of Again, a Rivers, football team. Rivers, Ryan, Carr, Cam. They're all there. I'd go Cam, too. Very tight over over Derek Carr. But um, I, wow. for much of what Dan said, I think we can, we've can. we seen that Cam Newton can be a franchise quarterback, and he's entering the prime of his career. Five years. Then they're free agents at the end. That's it. Give me Phillip Rivers. Mm. Wow. He's got a lot of kids at home. Get what city are you in? He's 35. I want to take Cam. Um, it would be cool. But I think you're a run running and defense team if you've got Cam. I don't think you're winning with a passing attack in Cam Newton. We won't take know until we try, though. For what he does at the line of scrimmage pre-snap and what he does without, you take away a wide receiver and an offensive lineman every week, every quarter, he still puts up numbers. I, Quarterbacks, quarterbacks play until they're 40 now. I they're think playing well later in their career now. He's if it 33. was three years, I'd take Rivers. Five, I'm going Cam. I mean, I, I could I, draft a quarterback. Thought someone say. might go Carr, but maybe I shouldn't have thrown Cam in. Carr was tempting, too. I, I would actually have Matt Ryan last on this list. This has been a little bit of a La Ravilla Magnifico year for Matt Ryan to me in that we know who Matt Ryan is. I think and he's have, very good. I think we have known that, that he's very good. He's very good, but he's not great. I've always you said want the that. higher upside. I don't want Cam a quarterback when he's not even yes. the best. I agree. He's not even the best player on his team. That's revealing to me. Julio Jones has always been better than Matt Ryan. Hmm. So there you go. Nice discussion. 
that is that caps another game of Qualas tu fantasia. Hit us up uh, uh, with your thoughts on the game, of course, at Around the NFL and at all of our personal Twitter accounts. Uh, that is it for Tuesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back on uh, late Thursday with our Thursday night recap of that AFC South showdown that we talked about, Titans-Jags, and then we will preview all the games in Week 11. Big show with a, a special guest returning after um, a couple of months away. The great Lindsey Rhodes will be with us, so that will be fun. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the boss, Sydney behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.